Hello and welcome to more, which stands for Midday Obviously Reads Everything. So, this is the podcast where I try my very best to finish The Hunger Games. As a self-proclaimed bookworm, it's kind of my duty. So join me and all of my guests as we try to read through the whole series. So sit back and relax as I do my best, my very, very, very best to read all of it. I hope I like it and I hope you like it too. So, let's begin. Hello and welcome to another episode. <laughs> Sam is back. Welcome back, Sam. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, I don't know if you could tell, but it is a little windy today. Yes. So that might affect the quality of the stream. <laughs> On the stream, this is a podcast. Affect <laughs> the quality of the podcast, but not the information, no. just the sound of it. So please bear with us, or don't, or no, do bear with us. Yeah. As we it's mandatory. Mandatory because it's important. It's very important. <laughs> yes. So we just finished off where Katniss got burnt in the fire that the gaming to like get her moving. She has a burn on her side. And also she got in a crop top. She has a crop hoodie now. Mm-hmm. She has a crop hoodie. She's like mm, cute. In style. In style. Yeah. Um Okay. So we're on page two hundred thirty-six and we're gonna continue from there. Let's go. Despite the pain, drowsiness begins to take over. I take to a tree and try to rest, except I'd be too easy to spot. Besides, abandoning my pool seems impossible. I neatly arrange my supplies, even settle my pack on my shoulders, but I can't seem to leave. A spot, I spot some water plants with edible roots and make a small meal of my last piece of rabbit. Sip water, watch the sun make its way slow, makes its slow arc across the sky. Where would I go anyway that is safe near but here? I lean back on my pack, overcome by drowsiness. Let them find me. And they find me. They do. It's lucky. I'm ready to move on because when I hear the feet, I have less than a minute head start. Even at the end of fall, the moment I awake, I'm up and running, splashing across the pool, flying into the underbrush. The fire, either. I hear their cough and the raspy voice calling to one another. Still, they are closing in, just like a pack of wild dogs. And so I do what I have done my whole life in circumstances. I pick a high tree and begin to climb. Running hurts, climbing is agonizing because it requires not only excursion, but direct contact of my hands on the tree bark. I'm fast, though, and by the time they've reached the base of my trunk, I'm 20 feet up. For a moment, we stop and survey each other. I hope they can't hear the pounding of my heart. This could be it, I think. What chance do I have against them? All six are here, the five careers and PETA. My only consolations are pretty beat up, too. Even so, looking at their weapons, looking at their faces, grinning and staring at me, I'm sure a kill... I, sh- I sure kill above them. Seems pretty hopeless, but then something reg- something else registers. They're bigger and stronger than I am, no doubt, but they're also heavier. There's a reason it's me and not Gail who ventured up to pluck the highest fruit or rob the most remote bird nest. I must weigh 50 or 60 pounds less than the smallest career. Now I smile. How's everything with you? I called on cheerfully. This takes them aback, but I know the crowd will love it. Well enough, says the boy from District 2. Yourself? It's been a bit warm for my taste, I say. I can almost hear laughter from the Capitol. The air is better up here. Why don't you come up? I think I will, says the same boy. Here, take this, Kato. Kato. One, and she offers him the silver bow and sheath of arrow. My bow. My arrow. This silence makes me so angry I want to scream at, scream at myself, at the trade peanuts for distracting from having them. Try to make eye contact with him now, but he seems to be intently avoiding my gaze. He polishes his knife with the edge of his shirt. No, says Kato. I'll do better with my sword. I can see the weapon, a short, heavy blade at his belt. 
I give Catcher time to hoist himself into the tree before I begin to climb again. Gil always says I remind him of a squirrel, the way I can scurry up even the slenderest limbs. Part is my weight, but part is my practice. You have to know where to place your hands and feet. Another 30 feet in the air when I hear the crack and look down and see Catcher flailing as he and a branch go down. He hits the ground hard, and I'm hoping he broke his neck when he gets back on his feet. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, swearing like a fiend. Girl with the arrow glimmer, I hear someone call. Ugh, the name, the pe- Oh, that was such a- Okay. The girl with the arrows glimmer, I hear someone call her. Ugh, the name, the names of people in District 1 give their children are ridiculous. Anyway, glimmer scales the tree until the branches begin to crack under her feet and then has a good sense to stop. I'm at least 80 feet high now. She tries to shoot me, and it's immediately evident that she is incompetent with a bow. One of the arrows get lodged in the tree near me, and although I'm able to seize it, I wave it teasingly above her head, and as if that was the sole purpose of retrieving it, when actually I meant to use it if I had the chance. I could kill them, every one of them, if those silver weapons were in my hand. The careers regroup on the ground, and I can hear them growling conspiratorially. Conspirally? Conspirally, I think. Conspiratorially? Where is that? Conspiratorially? Yeah, I think conspire, like they're conspiring. Yeah, they're conspiring together. <laughs> like conspiratorially <laughs> among themselves. Serious. Finally, I arrived and the window of attack on me is closing. Finally, I hear Peter say harshly, Oh, let her stay up there. It's not like she's going anywhere. I'll deal with her in the morning. Well, he's right about one thing. I'm going nowhere. All this relief from the pool of water is gone, leaving me with feeling the full potency of my burns. I scoot down the fork in the tree and clumsily prepare for bed. Put on my jacket, I lay on my sleeping bag, belt myself in, and try to keep from moaning. The heat in the bag is too much for my leg. I cut a gas fabric in All my bravado is gone. I'm weak from pain and hunger. Carry myself to eat. Even if I can last the night, what will the morning bring? I stare at the foliage, trying to bring myself to rest. It's, just, it's just interrupting. How dare you? <laughs> Calm down. Chill. Chill. Um, settling down for the night, singing lullabies to their young. Night creatures emerge. An owl hoots. The faint scent of skunks cuts through the smoke. The eyes of some animal peer at me from the neighboring tree. A possum, maybe? Catching Farley from career's torture. Suddenly, I'm on one elbow. There are no possum eyes. I know their glass reflections too well. In fact, those are not animal eyes at all. The last dim rays of light I make her out, watching me silently from between the ranches. Rue. How long has she been there? The whole time, probably. Still and unobserved as the actions unfold beneath her. Perhaps she headed up to a tree shortly before I did, and the pack was so close. A while we hold each other's gaze. Without rustling in relief, her little hand slides into the open and points to something above my head. My eyes follow the line of her finger up into the foot above me. At first, I have no idea what she's pointing to. But then, above, about 15 feet up, I make out the vague shape of the dimming light. Of of what? Some sort of animal? It's the size of a raccoon, but it hangs from the bottom of a branch, swaying ever slightly. There's something else. Among the familiar evening sounds of the woods, my ears register a low hum. And I know it's a wasp nest. Fear shoots through me, but I have enough sense to keep still. After all, I don't know what kind of wasp lives here. It could be the ordinary leave us alone and we'll leave you alone type. These are hunger games, and ordinarily isn't the norm. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is chapter 14. I totally Anyways. forgot to say that. We finished chapter... I didn't realize that. Yeah. We're... Wait. Yeah, yeah. We're in chapter uh, oh, wait. 14. My bad. Sorry. Finished chapter 13 on chapter 14. <laughs> uh, LOL. I forgot to say that. So now you know. Laugh out loud. Laugh out now. Laugh out loud. Bleh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, more likely, there'll be the Capitol's mutation. Tracker jacket. Like the Jabberjays, these killer wasps were spawned in a lab and strategically placed like landmines above the district's threat of war. Larger than regular wasps, they have a distinctive solid gold body that stings, that, uh, sting that raises 
lumps the size of plum on contact. Most people can tolerate more than a few stings, but some die at once. If you live, the hallucinations brought on by the venom have actually driven people to madness. And there's another thing, too. These wasps will hunt down anyone who disturbs their nest and attempts to kill them. That's where the tracker part of the name comes in. After the war, the Capitol destroyed all the nests surrounding the cities. But the ones in the districts were left untouched. Another reminder of our weakness, I suppose. Like the Hunger Games. Another reason to keep inside the fence of District 12. When Gail and I come across a tracker, jacker, tracker jacker nest, we immediately head up in the opposite direction. So, is that what hangs above me? I look back cruised out, but she's melted into the tree. I'm wounded and trapped. Dragnus has given me a brief reprieve, but by the time the sun rises, the careers will have formulated a plan to kill me. There's no way they could do otherwise after I've made them look so stupid. That nest may be the sole op option I have left. If I can drop it down on them, I may be able to escape. Rest my life in the process. Of course, I'll never be able to get close enough for the actual nest to cut it free. I have to saw off the branch at the trunk and send the whole thing down. It's ready to push my knife could be able to let the crew figure out what I'm doing and move their camp. That would defeat the whole purpose. I realize the best chance I'll have is to do the song without drawing notice. Ugh. <laughs> I realize the best chance I have to do the song without drawing any notice will be during the anthem. That could begin any time. I bring myself out of my bag, make sure my knife is secured to my belt, and begin to make my way up the tree. This in itself is dangerous since the branches are becoming precariously thin even from me. But I persevere. The humming becomes more distinctive, but still I'll be subdued. <laughs> Get in my head. That's so funny. The clouds don't look bad though, so no. it's just the wind. Or yeah. sorry, that was a gust. That was a gust, a gust. of wind. It was not wind. <laughs> it's the smoke, I think. It sedated them. It was the one defense the rebels down. The seal of the Capitol shines above me and the anthem blares out. It's now or never, I think, and begin to saw. Blisters burst on my right hand and I awkwardly drag the knife back and forth. Once I got a groove, the work was more than I could handle. Sir, that there were no deaths today. That's alright, the audience will be salted see me injured and treed in the pack below me but the anthem's running out and i'm only three quarters of the way through the wet and when music ends the sky goes dark and i'm forced to stop now what i could probably finish off the job by sense of feel but that may not be the smartest plan the wasps are too groggy if the nest catches on its way down if i try to escape this could be a deadly waste of time better i think to sneak up here at dawn and send the rest the nest on my enemies in the faint light of the career's quarters, I inch back to my fork and find the best surprise I've ever had. Sitting in my sleeping bag is a small plastic pot attached to a silver parachute. My first gift from a sponsor. Hey, make must have sent it during the anthem. The pot easily fits in the palm of my hand. What can it be? Not food, surely. I unscrew the lid, and I know by the scent that it's medicine. Cautiously, I probe the stirs of the ointment. The throbbing on my finger vanishes. Oh, hey, Mitch, I whisper. Thank you. He has not abandoned me, not left me to defend entirely for myself. The cost of this medicine must be astronomical. Probably not one, but many sponsors have contributed to buy this one tiny pot. To me, it's priceless. I dip two fingers in the jar and gently spread the palm, the balm over my calf. The effect is almost magical, erasing the pain on contact, leaving a pleasant, cooling sensation behind. There's no herbal concoction that my mother grinds up out of the woodland plant. It's a high medicine brewed up in the Capitol's lab. When my calf is treated, I rub a thin layer on my hands. I nestle in safe way my pack. Now that the pain has been eased, it's all I can do to reposition myself in my bag before I plunge into sleep. A bird perched just a few feet from me alerts me that a new day is dawning. Three morning light, I examine my hands. Let's transform all the angry red patches to a soft, baby pink skin. Mm. That's pretty, like, bad working medicine. No way. If it was, like, regular medicine, it would be that quick. I'm sorry. Who are you? I don't know. That guy's waving. So I wave. He's waving. He's nice to waving. This always happens to me, and I always wave back at it. Why are you waving back? This, like, <laughs> it's probably not you. 
It would not be like Oh, oh, I feel like they're looking at Sam. They're not looking at you. You're fine. <laughs> I <feel> bad. <laughs> You're okay. You're okay, Sam. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. <laughs> I hope you didn't see me wave back. <laughs> That's so funny. Maybe we just like played off that you're waving to me or me something. Me and my bright yellow jacket. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey. <laughs> uh, my leg still feels inflamed, but that burn was far deeper. I apply another coat of medicine and quickly pack up my gear. Whatever happens, I'm going to have to move and move fast. I also make myself eat a cracker and a strip of beef and drink a few cups of water. Almost nothing stayed in my stomach yesterday, and I'm already starting to feel the effects of hunger. For me, I can see the careers pack up and peanuts sleep on the ground. By your position, leading up against the trunk of the tree, I guess Glimmer was supposed to be on guard. Fatigue overcame her. My eyes squint as I try to penetrate the tree next to me, but I can't make out Rue. She tipped me off. It only seems fair to warn her. Besides, I'm going to die today. It's Rue I want to win. Even if it means a little extra food for my family, the idea of Peter being crowned victor is unbearable. Rue's name in a hush whisper, and the eyes appear, wide alert at once. She points up at the nest again. I hold up my knife and make a sawing motion. She nods and disappears. There's a rustling in the nearby tree. The same noise again a bit further off. Really, she's leading from tree to tree. It's all I can do not to laugh out loud. But this is what she showed the game makers. I imagine her flying around the trading equipment, never touching the floor. She should have gotten at least a 10. I can't afford to wait any longer. And I don't think you can even hear us. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. <laughs> The wind keeps picking up. <laughs> Can't we listen to this back? And it's just like the sound of like the page where I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I guess I think it's done. Okay. <laughs> Rosy streaks are breaking through the east. I can't afford to wait any longer. Compared to agony of last night's climb, this one's a cinch. As the tree limbs that hold the nest, I position the knife in the green. I'm about to draw the teeth across the wood when I see something moving. There, on the nest, the bright gold gleaming of a tracker jacker, lazily making its way across the papery gray surface. No question, it's acting a little subdued, but the wasp is up and moving, and that means the art will be out soon. So it breaks out in the palms of my hand, uh, beating out to the ointment. I do my best to pat them dry on my shirt. I don't get through this. This branch, no matter the second, the entire swarm can emerge and attack me. In the sense of putting it off, I take a deep breath and grip the knife handle and bear it down as hard as I can. Back forth, back forth. Track projectors begin to buzz, and I hear them coming out. Back forth, back forth. Stabbing pain tooth through my knee, and I know one has found me, and the others will be honing in. Back forth, back forth. Just as the knife cuts through, I shove the end of the branch as far away from me as I can. It crashes down through the lower branches, nagging temporarily on a few, but then twisting free until it smashes with a thud on the ground. Nuts burst up like an open egg, and a furious swarm of tracker jackers take to the air. <sighs> Uh, I feel a f- I feel a second stain on my cheek, a third on my neck, and their venom almost immediately takes me, makes me woozy. I cling to the tree with one arm while I rip the barred stings out of my flesh. Fortunately, only three checkers identified me before the nest went down. The rest of the insects have targeted their enemy on the ground. It's mayhem. The creatures have woken up to a full-scale checkerjacker attack. So, like, now they hope to bid well by taking to water. Must be close to think they can outdistance the furious insects. Glimmer and the other girl, the one who stood before, are not so lucky. Glimmer appears to be completely mad, shrieking and trying to back the boss off of her bow, which is pointless. He calls the others for help, but of course, no one returns. The girl from District 4 staggers out of sight. I don't care making it to the lake. I watch Glimmer fall to the ground. That's just nothing but an empty shell. The boss, two minutes in between. <laughs> My hair is like going everywhere. I a little know. Bit. It's okay though. This is fun. This is really fun. We it's like so- the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games with the wind. <laughs> the nest is nothing more but an empty shell. The wasp has vanished in the pursuit of the others. I don't think they'll return, but I don't want to risk it. I scamper down the tree and hit the ground running. Grab the pickle. Um, the poison from the stingers making me walking, but I find my way back to my well, rip my water just to keep any wasps to steal my trail. After about five minutes, 
people have not exaggerated the effects of the traffic jacket stinks. Actually, the one on my knee is closer to an orange than a plum in this size. I was smelling green liquid oozes in the place where I pulled out the stinger. The swelling, the pain that he was watching, glimmers squished to death on the ground. We'll have to handle before the sun had even cleared the horizon. I don't think about what Glimmer must have looked like now. Her body figure has swollen fingers clear on the bow. The bow! Somewhere in my befuddled mind, one thought connects to another, and I'm back on my feet, teetering around the trees back to Glimmer. The bow! The arrows! I must get them. I haven't heard the cannons yet, so perhaps Glimmer is still some sort of coma. Her heart's still struggling against the wasp venom. Once it stops, cannons handles her death, the perhaps will move in. Stupid body taking the only bow and shoots of arrows I've seen out in the games for good. And I've used to let them slip out of my fingers again. I reach Glimmer and just as the cannon fired. The chakra doctors have vanished in her golden dress at the night. <clears throat> Our interview is unrecordable now. Oh, this was a girl who was like the uh, yeah, really, really pretty. I see the really pretty one. Mm-hmm. I see her limbs three times the normal size. The singer lumps have begun to explode, spewing putrid green liquid around Ew. her. I have to break several of the what used to be her fingers with a stone to free her bow. She the arrow to pin up her. I to roll her body over, pulling one arm. The flesh disintegrates in my hand. And falls back to the ground. Whoa. Yikes. This real time my hallucinations begun. I squeeze my eyes tight and try to breathe through my mouth, order myself to become sick. Replicas must stay down. It might be days before I can hunt again. Second cannon fires, I'm guessing the girl from District 4 has just died. Here the birds fall silent again. The one gives a warning call, which means a hovercraft is about to appear. Confused, I think it's for Glimmer, although she doesn't quite make sense because I'm still in the picture. Still fighting for the arrows. I lurch back onto my knees, and the trees around me begin to spin in circles. In the middle... Of the sky, it's about to I throw myself over Glimmer's body as if to protect this, but then I see the girl just support being lifted in the air and vanishing. Do this, I command myself, plunging my I dig my hand under the Can't help it, I'm familiar now. The whole thing is so nightmarish, and I'm losing my grasp on what's real. I tuck the silver sheets of arrows, but it's caught on something. Her shoulder blades, thing, and I finally yank it free. I just encircle the sheets with my arms when I hear the footsteps. Several pairs of to the underbush. Instead of one string, see three, and the center of the thing is so repulsive, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm helpless. And the first hunter crashes through the bushes. Three left to pose his throw. Arm dropped to his side. What are you still doing? He hissed to me. I stare uncomprehendingly as a trickle of water drips off a sting under his ear. Soul boy starts sparkling as if he's been dipped in dew. Are you mad? He's probably me with the shaft of his spear now. Get up, get up. I rise, but he's still pushing at me. What? What's going on? He shoves me away from his heart. Run, he screams, run. Behind Cato slashes his way through the bush. He's sparkling wet too, and badly stuck under one eye. I cast the gleam of sunlight on his sword and do as Peter says, holding tightly to my bow and arrows, banging into trees that appear out of nowhere, tripping and falling as I try to keep my balance. Um, back uh, past my pool and unfamiliar woods, Rose begins to bend in alarming ways. A butterfly balloons to the size of a house that shatters, then shatters into a million stars. Trees transform to blood and tr- splash over my boots. Ants begin to crawl out of the blisters on my hands, and I can't shake them free. They're climbing on my arms and my neck. Someone's screaming, a long, high-pitched scream that never breaks for breath. I have a vague idea it might be me. I trip and fall into a small pit lined with tiny orange bubbles that hum like the tracker G's. Tracker G's. <laughs> <laughs> tracker jacket's nest. Tugging my knees up in my chest, I went for death. Sick and disoriented, I'm able to form one thought. Peter Melmark. Melmark. Malark. <laughs> Pita Malark just Pita. saved my life, and the ants born to my eyes, and I black out. Okay, we just finished chapter 14. We're actually Ooh, on a roll today. We are. We're on chapter 15. We have six minutes left, I think. Okay. 
Enter nightmare. I can't help but believe they're real. Each time I wake up, I think at least this one's over, but it isn't. It's only the beginning of a new chapter of torture. How many ways do I watch Prim die? Relieve my father's last memory? Feel my own body rift apart? This is the nature of the Chakra Jacker, Chakra Jacker's venom. So carefully created to target the place where you fear, where fear lives in your brain. Senses, I lie still, waiting for the next onslaught of imagery. Eventually, I accept that poison must have finally worked its way out of my system, leaving my body racked and feeble. I'm still lying on my side, locked in the fetal position. I lift a hand to my eye and find the um, sound, untouched by ants and never that never existed. Simply, switching my limbs require enormous effort. So many parts of me hurt. It doesn't seem worthwhile taking inventory of them. Very, very slowly, I manage to sit up. I'm in a shallow hole, not filled with the humming orange bubbles of my hallucinations, but old, old dead leaves. My clothes damp, but I don't know whether pond water, dew, rain, or sweat is a cause. For a long time, all I can do is take tiny sips of my bottle and watch the beetle crawl. Well, I know I've been out. It was morning when I lost reason. Afternoon. But this image suggests more than a day has passed. Even two, possibly. If so, I'll have no way of knowing which tribute survived the Tracker Jacker event. Uh, not Glimmer or the girl from District 4, but there was a boy from District 1, both tribute from District 2, and PETA. Did they die from the stain? Certainly, if they lived their last days, must have been as horrid as my own. But about Rue, she's still small. It wouldn't take much venom to do her in. Then again, the Chakra Jackets would have had to catch her, and she is a good start. A foul, rotten taste perv pervades my mouth, and the water has little effect on it. I drag myself over to a honeysuckle bush and pick pluck a pluck of flower. Bleh! Pluck a flower. <laughs> I gently pull the drop from the nectar on my tongue. Sweetness spreads through my mouth, down my throat, or my veins with the memory of summer and my home woods with Gail's presence beside me. For some reason, our discussion from the last morning comes back to me. We could do it, you know. What? Be in district, run off, live in the woods, you and I, we should make it. Suddenly, I'm not thinking of Gail, but Peter, and Peter, he saved my life. By the time we met up, I couldn't tell what was real and what Tracker Jacket Venom had done to me to imagine. But if he did, and my instincts tell me he did, what for? Is he simply working in the lover boy angle he initiated on the interview? Was he actually trying to protect me? And if he was, what was he doing with those careers in the first place? None of this makes sense. I wonder what Gail would make of this incident for a moment, and then push the whole thing out of my mind because, for some reason, Gail and Peter do not coexist well in my thoughts. Mm. So I focus on one that really, one really good thing that happened since I landed in the arena. I have a bow and arrow. A full dozen arrows if you count the one I retrieved from the uh, tree. They bear no trace, but they have a fair amount of dry blood on them. I can clean them later, but I do take a minute to shoot a few into a nearby tree. They're more like weapons in the training center than my one at home. But who cares? I can work with this. Weapons give me an entirely new perspective on the games. I know I have tough opponents left to face, but I am no longer merely prey that runs and hides or takes desperate measures. If Kato broke through those trees right now, I wouldn't flee or sh I'd shoot. I find I'm actually anticipating the moment with pleasure. But first, I have to get some strength back in my body. I'm very dehydrated again, and my water supply is dangerously low. The little padding I was able to put on my butt by gorging myself during prep time in the capital is gone. Plus, that more pounds as well. My hip bones and ribs are more prominent than I remember them being since those awful months before my father's death. I mean, after my father's death. Um, and then these are my wounds to be contended with. Burns, cuts, and bruises from smacking into the trees and the three chakra jacket stinks that are still sore swollen as up. But she's not seldom, but she seldom had it because it's caused to use it. I don't remember. Uh, okay. We'll do this one last paragraph that we're done <laughs> Water first, I think. You can hunt along the way now. It's easy to see the direction I came from by the path of my destruction, uh, my crazed body made to the foliage. So I'm walking off the other direction, hoping my enemies still lie locked in the surreal world of Tracker Jacker Venom. 
I think it's Tracker Jacket. I would call it Tracker Jacker. No, it is Tracker Jacker. I think it is Tracker Jacker. Yeah. Okay, it's not Tracker Jacket. Yeah, maybe you're thinking like, like uh, black jackets or what are they called? They're like a wasp. Yellow jacket. Yellow jacket. Maybe. Just mixing up real world and dystopian uh, bees, everybody. That's mm-hmm. everything. Okay, so thank you again for joining our podcast. The wind, I mean, the gusts of winds were also our guests <laughs> as well. It wasn't just me and Sam today. Yeah. But yeah, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. We're on chapter 15. Look look at Ooh, this. We're like more than halfway. Yeah, I, think, I really think we can finish it by the end of oh. this month. I think we're good. And then we're going to be having our series, our season finale, which will be a movie yeah. review. We're all going to watch the movie together. All my guests that have joined me so far will all watch the movie together and watch The Hunger Game. So stay tuned for that. And thank you so much for listening once again. Mm-hmm. My guest, Sam, anything last words to say? All right. Thank you. Again. See you on Okay. And done. And that's it. We got pretty far for today. So I can't wait for the next one. And if I said something wrong, which let's be honest, I probably did, don't hesitate to point it out to me. Because honestly, if you can't laugh at yourself, who are you actually supposed to laugh at? Am I right? Okay, then I'll see you in the next one. Midday out.